Welcome back to the Sleeping Situation Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm Ivy. It's Halloween time. Welcome to the show. Halloween time. The spooky show. Ooh. The spookiest thing of all is that I painted my nails all Halloween themed and then smashed one of them before we started the show. And now I just want to die and become a ghost because ghosts don't have fingernails and it doesn't matter. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. What's up? Uh, my band, The Low Siders, played at uh, Coda in Cleveland on Friday night. That was fine. Um, I don't like Cleveland. I don't like it. It's a bad place. I was, who was I talking to? Holly, I think. And I said something about Cleveland, and I was like, Cleveland is the worst, and don't let anybody tell you any different. And then I said there are exactly three good things about Cleveland, and what did I say? Um, lots of concerts come through Cleveland. Yeah. Touring acts come through Cleveland. Um... The one good, the comedy place. Yep. And uh, it's easy to find the baseball and uh, basketball stadium arenas because they're right next to each other. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I, I, I should <laughs> clarify. I like the people from Cleveland. Sure. I like the things in Cleveland. Sort of. Uh, I just really hate Cleveland. It's a terrible place to exist inside. I don't want to be there. I want to be at the place I'm at, but I don't want to be in Cleveland. Yeah. There's nowhere to park, and everything is scary. Yep. <laughs> and the weather sucks. Yep. Because you're right on the lake, and it just poops snow all over you all winter. Um, we're playing a house show on Halloween, uh, which is going to be fun, I hope. Um, I can't... We're not supposed to, like, publicly give out the information, which oh. is strange. Well, they probably don't want too many people in a house. Yeah. So it's probably a little bit more exclusive than that. Yeah. Woo. Uh, we went to a Halloween party last night at uh, Drummer Dave's house. And that was a good dull time. Got to pet all of the cats. Uh, which is all I really want out of yeah. out of life. Um, Are you going to tell them what our costume was? Uh, me and Ivy went as I was the Thnicka man. And Ivy was modestly hot Homsar from the Homestar Runner cartoons. From Character's website. <laughs> A very niche cut from Characters website. Characters from Yonder website. You have to be very familiar with Homestar Runner to know who we were because we were both alternate personas of existing characters. So not even just like main characters, but like different versions of main characters that only appeared a couple times. Right. Mine appeared exactly one time <clears throat> in one cartoon, in one short. And I love her. And she's great. Um. Um. Oh. Uh, the Low Siders uh, LP, Can't Stop the World from Spinning, is now available on Bandcamp. Ayo! If you go to lowsiders.bandcamp.com, you can listen to the whole album. You can download it from there. You can also purchase uh, the compact disc and the vinyl. Sweet. It's up there. CDs are 10 bucks. vinyl's 20 I think. Are they limited edition at all, or is it like you I... can sell as many as you want? We have a lot of them. Yeah. So, I don't know, especially with the vinyl, I don't know if we'll buy another round of them. Get yours before time runs out. Because uh, they're lots of money. Limited uh, edition. I should get another one from Nate. Well, I guess I, ha I have the test pressing and the um, couple extra sleeves. Uh, but I kind of don't want to open mine. I kinda, I kinda yeah, like... maybe we should get one more copy to like listen to. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to frame... Nate gave me some uh, empty sleeves, and I was going to frame one. But it feels weird to frame one without a vinyl in it. Maybe. That seems strange to Well, I'll, I'll purchase one, and then our household will have two. Okay. Um, the new Star Wars trailer came out. Oh! I'm all excited. True. I'm hoping it's not going to suck. I don't think it's going to suck. It can't possibly be as mm, as The Last Jedi. I don't think that's possible. Last like I think Jedi that, was fine. What I'm saying is like the reaction to it. Oh, yeah. It cannot possibly be that bad because they've seen what people said about it. So there's no way right. they're going to take any it's Disney. They're not going to take any kind of like chance right. that it's not going to be at least better than that even yeah. though it was fine and some people hated it. I'm mostly just scared that they're going it's going to they're going to totally overblow it. Like they did with mm. Revenge of the Sith. Like I it, think Revenge of the Sith is good, so it, I don't know starts, what you mean. The first <laughs> half is way better, and then as it goes on, it gets super dramatic. I think they just paced it a little slow. Yeah. Like, the end is really slow. They're fighting in the lava for, like, a hundred years. That, and I'm like, that's enough. And they, like, flash back and forth too many times. That's and, like, my the Yoda least thing. favorite lightsaber battle like, in I the wish, whole series. Really? See, I like I liked it, but I... Did we talk about this? I think back when we reviewed it. But I think it should have been, like, show the whole Yoda fight and show the whole, like, Anakin-Obi-Wan fight. Or at least just do half of each, not, like, the eight cuts between them that they did. I think that was bad. But I I think they could have, like, picked up the pace, cut out some of the, like, little scenes that they did and just did, like, two slightly longer scenes and maybe, like, sliced them in half, if anything. Um, I saw something that said the reason that 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 whole sequence sucks, is one, it's way too long. Mm. And two, it's way... It's, like, too well choreographed. And it doesn't really feel like they're fighting. It feels like they're dancing. I think that's a fair point. I could see that. And there's no drama to it, because it doesn't feel like one person's going to win. Like, they're too evenly matched. Yeah, until until one person does. Well, yeah. Um, because that person gets the high ground. Yeah. And then unfortunate events occur. Um, now, the General Grievous fight, all of it. Is great. A plus, so good. Again, because it's... I love it's, General Grievous so much. Because it, it, feels for the, it feels, for the most part, like Obi-Wan is losing. Yeah. And that's what makes it so yeah, good. Yeah, he's like, he's chasing him so hard. Right. And yeah. that, that's what makes, like, the, um, uh, the Luke and Darth Vader fight in Empire Strikes Back so good. Is because... You really feel like he's not going to win. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it feels like uh, anyone could win this, and that's where the drama happens. And in Revenge of the Sith, they might as well have just been dancing for ten minutes or whatever. I think that's a fair point. Now, from the trailer, we know that that's going to be Kylo Ren and Rey on that ship or whatever it is where right. all the waves are coming over. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's at least going to be one of them. So hopefully it's cool. I, I'm excited. The the just I mean, if anything, they're gorgeous. These new movies yeah. look wonderful. I think if I'm thinking about it, the thing that's going to make it good is that there's like a lot of emotional tension between a lot of the characters yeah. for different reasons, and like you know, if the fights and the battles and the junk are going to be cool, like there's that shot they're like riding these horse things, and like that's going to be sweet, whatever yeah. that is, and like you know, ships and... Like, it looks like there's going to be, like, all sorts of different battles going on at the same time. Like, it's probably all part of one big thing, but it's, like, there's, like, 
X-Wings or whatever shooting each other, like, up in the air, and then there's, like, the people on the horses, and then Rey and Kylo are probably somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I think it's going to be cool, but there's a lot of, like, it's not just the fighting, it's, like, there's also a lot of, like, tension. Right. Like, between characters, like, on an emotional level. So I, am, I think that's going to make it cool. I'm going to spend the next two months uh, just preparing myself for everybody to die. That's what I'm, uh... Disney doesn't kill people. They... Except for Harrison Ford. Ex- Ex- Spoilers? Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm still convinced. <laughs> Should that- I have said that? I think maybe the statute of limitations on that, I probably shouldn't have said it. Every- but- everybody's seen that movie. But we all know, it's right? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, what was I saying? I-, I still think that's because he didn't want to do it. Right, like, I don't think Disney did that. I think he did that. Yeah. Well, that that's what happened the last time he died. Right, I think, yeah, so I mean, there's precedent. He didn't so, want to do another movie. Because they're, cause Leia's in it, so yeah. they're not, they're not going to take an excuse to kill somebody, because they could easily have been like, and now she's gone, but they're putting her in it. It's like, I read, it's like unused footage from, yeah. from the first one, and I'm like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hey, remember how they had the per- perfect opportunity to kill her in the second one, and then they just didn't? Yeah. And then there was that weird scene. I'm, mm. um, <laughs> uh, well. That would have been a great scene, and then they just, they goofed it. But she rules. I know. I'm not saying that she doesn't. I know. I'm saying that that would have been really fantastic. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. What they should have done is. Excuse you. What they should have done is hired me uh, <laughs> to edit all the Star Wars movies. To be the Star Wars correspondent? No, I just want to edit them. That's Oh, okay. That's that's my jam. Editing is my jam. Well, I think that's like some, you know, I don't know exactly where I'm getting this from, but I know I've read at some point. And I don't, I think it was Star Wars, but I feel like things like Lord of the Rings did this too or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had like experts on like Star Wars come in yeah. when they made like the prequels or whatever and were like, is this accurate if we say this? Or, like, is this yeah. consistent with whatever? And, like, people who just know everything about Star Wars were, like, paid to be, like, chorus- not correspondents. That's not the word I want, but, like, experts when they were, like, writing the movie or whatever. Yeah. Of, like, would this be here? Or, like, would she be wearing this? Or, like, would they say it this way? Yeah. You should be that. You know everything. I know everything that matters, and I think that's a fine line in Star Wars <laughs> land. Um, all right, let's not talk about Star Wars anymore. But Star been, Wars is good. I know. I, I'm i writing a, a collaborative blog piece with my sister. <gasps> Yay! And we are going to... She has a new series on her blog um, that is a movie series. It's like Tops and Flops or something. <laughs> um, I think she called it Faves and Flops. but I, That sounds right. It should be Tops and Flops. Well, you'll have to take that up with her. Yeah. Um, where she, basically, you pick the best and worst of a series. And we're doing it for Star Wars, but we're doing it by trilogy. Mm. And I sent over my preliminary uh, uh, thoughts, and she's like, we agree on half, which is bad. Now, are you? how are you doing it with the newest one? Because the last one's not out. I don't know. We haven't gotcha. discussed that yet. I don't know if we're going to wait until it's out and then do it. Yeah. We haven't talked about it that Because, much. like, Rogue One and Solo are their own things. Right. His own thing. Um, so, I don't know. That was a David S. Pumpkins for all you out there. <laughs> all you believers. Part of it. See, um, because if you're counting Rogue One as part of the new trilogy, which is, you know, if you're counting it as the five of them right. and not 
That's my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. But it's like, that's just like personal favorite, not... Right. I mean, I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. And I think it's like really well done and all that. But also a personal favorite. Yeah. I also haven't watched any of those since we saw them in the theater, so I'm excited to go back and watch them again. I've seen Rogue One like four times, but all those other ones. <laughs> I mean, we didn't watch Solo yet, and the first two I've only seen when we saw in the theaters. Yeah. Which we definitely have. All of them. We have The Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, okay, then we do have them. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Um, oh, I've decided to sell a bunch of my music gear and stuff. I have too okay. many things, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> that I don't uh, use most of them. And uh, if I sell a bunch of stuff, I can buy more. <laughs> and that's my motivation. Well, it's better to have stuff you're going to use. So Right. And I'm, my, if you're not going to use it, you might as well get something else rather than it sit around. Yeah, there's some stuff that I have it because I just like having it, and I'm like, that's stupid. Like, I should just sell it. And I mean, sometimes that's okay, but not a lot. You know, you yeah. want to limit it. Yeah, sure. Um, so last week we started doing a midweek top five, and then I didn't do it. That's okay. Um, We're still getting started. So maybe I'll do it this week. Or do you have another one planned? No, you should go ahead. Okay. You should go ahead and take your turn and I'll try and come up with something. All right. So watch out on social media around Wednesday, Thursday bouts. Wednesday, Thursday bouts. Matt will have a, a midweek top five for you uh, on his lonesome. I'm thinking, should I tell them what I'm thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking either um, top five songwriters... Or top five rhythm sections. Or maybe underrated guitarists. Yeah, see, like, the point of the midweek top fives is so we can talk about stuff that the other is not an expert enough in to top five. Yeah. When you say songwriters, do you mean lyrics or, like, everything? Um. Like, what does that mean to you? Uh, yes. It means yes. Tell me more. Mostly, mostly lyrics and also, um... Also, like, music writing. Okay. See, because, like, I I don't really know. Like, I know whose lyrics I like. Yeah. But, like, when I think about it, like, of, that's just the music. It's not, like, the, the music writing. I'm just, like, there's right. the lyrics and there's the music. And I don't really think about... I don't know what I'm trying to say, but does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, Bob Dylan is a great lyricist, but I wouldn't consider him, like, in the top five of my songwriters because he writes mostly boring stuff. Okay, I guess I see what you're saying. That makes sense. You know. But it's not necessarily... Your favorite artist might not be your favorite songwriter? Or are they probably? Um, I mean, in my case, probably. But it wouldn't have to be? No. Because I probably am not going to be able to come up with just... Like, in, this, in the way that you're going to do it. Sure. But since you brought that up a while ago and I was like, I don't know. Uh, I think... Marina and the Diamonds is probably my favorite songwriter mm. in in the sense it seems like you're talking about. But I don't know that she's, like, my favorite artist of all time, though she is, like, way up there yeah. for me. But, like, her lyrics are so good, and I do really like her, I guess, music arrangements and right. all that. And she does, like, write them all, and she writes them on, like, piano and stuff. And yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I love Led Zeppelin, but they're not my favorite songwriters. For the most part, yeah. their lyrics are kind of boring. It's either, like, Sex or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. That's, that's pretty much it, you know. That's rock and roll right there. That's at least Led Zeppelin. Um, anyhow, so hopefully I'll remember to do that this week. Sex, Drugs, and Lord of the Rings? Sex, Drugs, and Lord of the Rings. 
I love it. That's the title, by the way. <laughs> Gonna uh, scratch that down. Also, there's another one that I was thinking about. Oh, underrated Beatles songs. Well, we could both do that one. Okay. Probably. You know more of the deep. I have than I do, but that's... hard opinions. Uh... I can think of some. All right. I can think of some. It's like almost like songs that could have been. Maybe not singles, but, like, bigger hits. Yeah, it's, like, songs that, you know, when you ask people what their favorite Beatles song, they don't say that one. And everyone says, hey, Jude. They don't, yeah. The songs they don't put on the best of Beatles albums and that sorts of things. When we, I mean, people can have their favorite. It can be whatever. It's just, like, a popular one because it's one that a lot of people have heard. But when... This is my last quick story, I promise. When I did my study abroad thing that was, like, sort of based around British Invasion Beatles mm-hmm. stuff, it was, like, the first or second day, and he said, think of your favorite Beatles song and then go around the room and talk to everybody. It was kind of like an icebreaker thing. Mm-hmm. And try and find someone with the same favorite one as you. Yeah. And there were, like, four people that said, hey, Jude, and, like, four people that said, let it be, and then everyone else was different. Yeah. Pretty much. I think there was maybe, like, a couple other pairs, but almost everybody just had a different one, and I think that was really cool. Yeah. Was interesting. Anything else? Uh, I don't know. We can talk about the Beatles forever now. Yeah. I can talk about my favorite underrated Beatles. Beatles? Beatles. Beatles songs. Listen, you know my name, look up the number. Banger. It's so dumb. I love it. Uh, Controversial opinion, why don't we do it in the road is a good song. Yeah, for sure. People are like, it's so dumb. It's just, and I'm like, no, that's actually legit a good song. If you listen to his voice, like, all that stuff he's doing, it's so good. You know, that was absolutely, like, they made that up on the spot. Yeah, but it's great, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just, it's the scrambled eggs that say stayed scrambled eggs. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I don't know if I put that in my top five underrated Beatles. Song. I don't know if it makes the top five. I just wanted to bring it up right now. Okay. It, I'll tell know. you, Savoy Truffle might be there. I have hard op- opinions about Savoy Truffle. I think Dear Prudence deserves better. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of their best songs. Like, that songs. should have been, like, a single, like, a hit, like, a top billboard. It's it's not a single song. No, I'm saying it should have been. No, but it, it that's, that's not a... I mean, when you're... If it's back in the USSR or Lady Madonna, I think... What was those singles for the White Album? Lady Madonna and Hey Jude, I think. I Revolution, maybe? I'm not sure. I know what songs are on the Beatles one, but a lot of those aren't on an album. They're just singles. Right. I know everything about the Beatles one album. <laughs> because we bought it in, like, 1999, and I listened to it a hundred billion times since then. Yeah, we, uh, we wore out the cassette tape. We still, I think my parents still have the cassette. I have, my grandpa burned it onto a CD for me because we got him this thing that's like, you could put in a cassette and burn it onto a CD or put in a record and burn it onto a CD. Right. And so he made me a CD. Yeah. It's in my car. But yeah, we only, like, we bought the cassette tape from, like, the infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that I've yacked for 20 minutes, what's going on with you this week? Uh, uh first of all, it sounded like you said Ivy yacked. No, now, of, I've now, yacked. now that I have yacked. See, that's very close. That's suspiciously oh, close to Yacko, having my name in it. Yakko Warner. Yakko Warner here. over there. <laughs> um, I had a fairly uneventful week, but um, I was supposed to have a doctor's appointment, 
one morning, and this is my sob story of the week. And I, so I woke up at like 6 o'clock in the morning so that I could be there at 7 because I take the really early appointments so I don't have to call off work, and so I just go like before work starts. And I wake up real, real early, and I feel like crap. I do not feel good that day, but I'm like, I have an appointment. I'm not going to cancel it. I'll go to the appointment. And then I get there, and they're like, shoot, we've been trying to call you for like five minutes. The doctor came in in time for your appointment and then immediately got jury duty and had to leave. And I was like, no. Is that how jury duty works? I have no idea. I think because sometimes they like they call you in like beforehand, and they say, like, you don't have to come in that day unless somebody else doesn't show up or unless something, oh. you know what I mean? Or unless something changes and they kick somebody else out yeah. and they need to replace them. So I'm assuming that's what happened. Be strangers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the story they told me and like multiple people told me that because I also got the voicemail because I was driving so I didn't answer the phone. And when I l- listened to the voicemail, like that's what that lady told me as well. And I, I, so I think that's true because that doctor is super nice and like, she comes in at 7 o'clock in the morning so people like me can get appointments. And she works, like, she takes lunch at, like, 2 p.m. so that people can come on their lunch break. Yeah. So, like, she's super nice, so I don't think she would ditch me. Okay. Unless something super important was happening. So, anyway. Uh, so that was a crappy start to my morning. But then that same exact day, Louis Tomlinson put on a single, announced his album, and announced his tour next year. And Harry Styles is going to do double duty on SNL in a couple weeks, and all of that like came out that morning. So I was like, I guess today isn't too bad. Uh, so it turned it around pretty pretty swiftly. Um, the other story I was going to tell is that I went to Old Navy uh, last week sometime because I had ordered some flip flops online and they came and they didn't fit, and um, so I took them back. And, well, and I ended up uh, picking up some other stuff off the clearance rack, too, because I am a clearance rack queen. Uh, but the guy was, like, ringing me up, and I was wearing my Teen Girl Squad shirt from Homestar. And he he was, like, one of those more chatty sort of people. He was, like, just very friendly, I guess. And he seemed like he was probably, like, 18, maybe a high school kid, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit older. Um, but anyway, he was just talking to me, and he saw my shirt, and he went, I, too, was once part of the Teen Girl Squad, is what he said. He was, like, making a joke. Yeah. But I went, like oh, I love it when somebody gets it. And he was just like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, he didn't get it, did he? <laughs> like, he was just making a joke about what the shirt said. Right. But, like, I got all excited because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, I love when somebody, like, gets the reference. And he was mm-hmm. just like, mm. <laughs> So I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He might be too young. Those poor kids. They just don't know. But anyway. So that was a sad time. And my other big thing I was going to say is I just posted it on my Instagram stories and junk is that I'm going to try and do National Novel Writing Month next month. And I'm scared, but also somewhat prepared more than I ever was in the past. So if you don't know anything about it, uh, for short, it's NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. It's every November, and there's sort of like a organization or like a uh, there's a like a web page for it and everything, and it's just like a challenge to write a, f- a full draft, like a first draft of a novel. Uh, in November, you get 30 days, and you're supposed to make it to 50,000 words, and they call it to win NaNoWriMo. It just means like you finished it, you hit the goal. Right. Um, so you're supposed to have 50,000 words written. It comes out to about 1,600 or so a day. Um, you know, you don't have to do it. The the idea is to write every day, but, like, you know, if Thanksgiving happens in November, so, like, if you can't write that day, you're just going to have to make up for it some other time. Um, so I've tried to do it in the past and failed after, like, three days because I was in college and had homework and then would, like, try and write 
you know, over a thousand words and would, like, start sobbing and had no plan and had no... I was just going to, like, just go for it. And I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. So now that I've taken forever to write my first draft of my other thing and I'm kind of letting it sit and, like, going to get to doing some more edits and getting people to read it and stuff, this is going to give me something to do, like, in the meantime and to, like, practice writing something else. And, like, now that I've done that, I sort of knew that I needed more of a plan and that's what's going to help me hopefully do this one. So I'm going to give it my best shot. If I don't win, I don't win, and that's fine. But, like, the idea is just, like, I really want to try now that I'm in, like, a better situation for it with, like, an idea that I really like that's semi-more fleshed out and also, like, less things going on in my extracurricular time, so to speak. Uh, So the ultimate test is that Pokemon comes out on the 15th, exactly halfway through the month, and will test my resolve to the ends of the earth. Um, but maybe that'll just have to be my, like, well, if you don't finish your thing, you can't play Pokemon, and that's what's (laughs) gonna get me through to that finish line, and so, yeah, hopefully that'll be fun. I'm gonna, like, try and, like, do a little post, like, a stories or something every day to be, like, keep myself accountable. If I tell everybody I'm doing it, and then I don't do it, I'm gonna feel like poop, so it's also gonna guilt me into doing it. What's this Um, book, what's the book about? Um, Can you talk about that? Is it top secret? No, I can't. It always feels like it's weird to talk about book ideas because when you're just like, okay, so it's about this, it always sounds cheesy. Because, like, when you write it out, it's, like, pretty language. And it's, like, the story is more than just what it's about. It's, like, the words and the characters and, like, the way that they talk and, like, the way that it all unfolds. So it's not as, like... Well, there's a, a wizard, and he's a boy, and he goes to a wizard school, but there's a bad wizard. Like, every story <laughs> sounds bad if, like, you know what I mean when you just yeah. describe, like, on the surface. Uh, because Harry Potter's better than that. That's all of me distracting from what it's about. But basically, the idea is sort of like a, a young adult romance type of thingy. Um, like a teen, a cute teen rom-com sort of idea. Yeah. Um, just because I thought, I had a couple different ideas and I like texted some friends about it to see like which ones they were feeling. And that was the one that not necessarily was going to be like the quote unquote easiest, but that was like, it's going to be fun enough to keep me going through the whole thing and like not as complicated as the other ones. And the one I had the most ideas of like the characters and the plot and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to set a book in like a Virginia Beach type setting because I like it there and I think it's an interesting like setting as, like, a touristy beach town. Um, just because I... I just try and think of, like, different settings that aren't just, like, okay, there's these two people in New York City, and it's like, cool, we've heard that a bazillion times. Like, let's do something different. Um, sometimes that's okay, but other times it's just, like... Well, you did... You, it was just because it was easy to put it there, because you don't have to think about it, because people have their own, like, preconceived notions of what that is already, so you barely have to describe it. Right. Um, so I wanted to do something different and it's like basically a guy who lives there and like works in the souvenir shop and sees tourists all the time, mm-hmm. um, meets a girl that's there on vacation with her family and they're both like about to do their senior year of high school and like figuring out their future plans and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of got this idea from this news story that I've seen before, uh, where all of a sudden in France, all of these Garfield telephones from the 90s started washing up on the beach. This is a real thing that happened. And it turned out like a shipping container of them mm-hmm. had like dropped in the ocean. So I'm going to use that as like, they're going to try and solve a mystery sort of like that. Not like a big mystery, but like right. that's going to be sort of the thing that brings them together is like solving this like random thing of things washing up on the beach. 
Neat. So I hope that's not too much of a spoiler, but that's what's going to happen. Not telling you where they, what's happening, the secrets, but that's how it's going to go. So, I mean, it was an idea I was going to do. I wanted to do at some point anyway. And if I don't finish it now, I'll just keep working on it. And, yeah. And that'll be it. That's the next one. So, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> okay. Should I try to write a book? I don't know how to write a book. If you want to, sure. It's, I already know it's going to be really hard. So it's... I, there was, at one point, I had the best idea for a book. I mean, your recent idea... And now I can't idea. remember... About, like, the devil guy, or the Grim Reaper guy. Oh, yeah. You could do that. I mean, even if you don't, like, do the challenge the way the challenge is, just, like, just start right. writing it. Because, you know, you don't have to do it that way. It's just still National Novel Writing Month. You don't have to do the thing. You don't have to finish it to make it. Yeah. Whatever. It's just, like, a thing that people came up with. Right. So, like, even if you just started it. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted that to be, like, a, a, a cartoon. Com- well, you could still do that. I guess so. It's a graphic novel. It's still a novel. Yeah. I just need to learn how to write and then learn how to draw. <laughs> well, you hold the pencil in your dominant hand, and then you click it. If it's a pen, you click it. ASMR. <laughs> so let's move on, because I feel like we've been talking forever. We have. Uh, good. How about it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Things of the Week. Things of the Week. Bob, go ahead. All right. I watched a couple movies this week. Um, the first one was I searched uh, classic comedy movies, and The Apartment came up, and Jack Lemmon and Fred McMurray are in it, and I like both of those people. And I was like, I'll watch that, and it was great. It's great. Uh, it's not that funny, which is confusing to me why they build it as a comedy. Jack Lemmon is funny, because he's just funny. Um, but it was mostly dramatic, hmm. uh, but it was very good. Uh recommend that one was it like a dark comedy eh, maybe of. that was the idea and it just you know yeah I don't, know. I don't know um and then i was like what other jack lemon movies are there and i watched the odd couple and i've never watched the odd couple and it's also great it's very funny um i have been listening to a lot of the bedrock three album i think i talked about it last week yes um it's great I love it. It's my it's my webtoons reading music. Uh, in fact, I can't listen to it now without like seeing um, the Lore Olympus <clears throat> comic. Yeah. Um, I've been reading lots of webtoons. Kay said that they're turning Lore Olympus into a book or a movie or something. Oh. I forget what she told me now, but it's going to be a, a something. Oh. So that's exciting for you, probably. I just want the... No, I just want the thing. I just want... <laughs> I just the, want more tunes. I just want more tunes. Um, still reading lots of webtoons. Um, I'm, what I've been doing mostly is putting off reading them and then sitting down and reading all of them at once. That's fine. Um, which, uh, Laura Olympus is out now, uh, so I have to do that. Um, and also, I've... I've mentioned this before but when i'm reading those comics i don't like to have music with lyrics on it so i've been listening to lots of jazz and uh there's one uh it's damien erskine live at portland state university it's fantastic neat i'm listening to that one a lot um i think that's it that's probably it okay okay 
This week, my things of the week include, I discovered a new YouTube channel, and it's called Smoky Glow, and I believe the girl's name is Hannah, and basically she just uh, talks about makeup and does makeup stuff, and then also covers, like, internet-y drama topics, so, like, when Jake Paul got quote-unquote married, like, she did a video, like, talking about the, the scandal of it all, or, like, the controversy of it all. So it's sort of one of those, like... The word trashy isn't right, but it's basically <laughs> the, like, guilty pleasureness of, like, reality TV, like, in a YouTube channel. But at the same yeah. time, she also does, she talks about makeup a lot, which is sort of, like, the other half of it. And those channels are, like, give or take. For me, like, sometimes I like them and sometimes I don't. I don't follow that many. Yeah. But it's just, I stumbled across one of her videos, and I just like her personality, and I like the way she talks about stuff. She's, like, pretty funny, but also super down-to-earth about it at the same time, mm-hmm. instead of, like getting so, like, rude and caught up in, like, all the drama. She just kind of, right. like, lays it out, and it's interesting to hear her give her opinions on stuff. So I've, I've been enjoying her stuff. If you like makeup or internet culture, check her out. Um, also, Bath & Body Works candles. I've bought a couple fall-ish, winter-ish scents lately. They are delicious, and I love their candles. Um, as far as... I always throw, like, random foods on here. Like, what foods have I been into? But I've been eating a lot of mushrooms, which is a weird thing to Ugh, say. What? But I'm into mushrooms right now. I uh, didn't know you liked mushrooms. I love mushrooms. Uh, also, I tried kombucha today. Uh, I bought one because they're good for your tongue. Uh, they have, like, you know, like, the probiotics that are in, like, yogurt? Mm-hmm. It's in kombucha. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I drank just a little bit of it because I don't like to go too overboard, like, with that kind of stuff right away. But it was pretty tasty. Uh, so, you know, it was like, uh, I got like a Melanie flavor, hmm. you know, her name is Melanie. Yeah. Like a, like a guava melon, some sort of pinkish fruity one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. I think I'm gonna, uh, try that. Um, Louis Tomlinson has a new single out, it's called We Made It, and it's really good. Um, he's said a million times that, like, his favorite band is Oasis, and it sounds like it could have been like a 90s Oasis song, which a couple of his singles have sort of leaned toward. And his album's coming out in January, and I'm going to die before then because I'm so excited. But anyway, um, super, super excited about that. Um, and also, uh, there's a blog Instagram uh, account that I follow, and it's uh, Dorkface is what it's called, Dorkface Blog on Instagram. And she does little doodles, and she sells, like, greeting cards and, uh, you know, pins and things like that, little stationary mm-hmm. stuff. And I did an order from her. She's actually in Scotland. I believe, uh, but I did a little order from her. Her stuff is, like, so reasonably priced that, like, the four or five bucks it takes to ship it over here is, like, worth it yeah. for me. So I bought her calendar for next year, and then I bought, she did stickers about the office, and I got the one, it's, like, the stapler and the jello, it says Dunder Mifflin on the stapler. She also did one that's a uh, big pretzel with a heart that says pretzel day. <laughs> and she did, she's doing, like, a like a print that you, for, like, the wall, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that has different, like, the office stuff on it, too, so we'll see if I end up with one of those soon, but Thanks. it's not uh, out yet. So check out her stuff if you like cute little doodles. Things of the week. All right, uh, now it's time for review time. We're way behind on uh, schedule here, so I guess this is just going to be a long one. Sorry, folks. I don't think most people complain about long podcasts. I don't know. You just you're going to listen to it or not? So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in for a treat, folks, because this week we are reviewing the new Britney Howard album, which is titled something. Jamie. Jamie. Mm-hmm. Is it Jamie? 
Yeah, that's a way to spell Jamie. That seems like not enough letters. Uh, that's fine. I've been saying it like Jame in my head. I'm pretty sure it's just Jamie. That makes more sense. Because that's a real name. In, um, in like Spanish, I believe it's like, it's Jaime. And I think oh. that's how you spell it. But some people spell it that way, but oh. still say Jamie, so I, it's one of the two, maybe? Well, it's the new Britney Howard album. J-A-I-M-E. It came out a bit ago. And now we're going to review it. Uh, Britney Howard uh, is uh, was the uh, singer and guitarist for the band Alabama Shakes. What do you mean, was? I don't think they're together. I think No! <laughs> I think they're... I thought they were just kind of, like, doing other stuff. I mean, they might be. Because I never saw they'll... a thing that, like, we're breaking up. Yeah, because, well, I don't, see, but they haven't done anything in, like, a while. I mean, it has been a while, I guess. What, 2013 or something? No, no, I Sound of Color came out? Um, that sounds right. Something like, tw- maybe 2014? I could look real guess. quick. Um, vamping, vamping, vamping. Uh, um, oh no, I'm just, I'm dying. I'm, improv was never my strong suit. Um, someone give me a suggestion for... Well... There's no one here to do it. My iTunes is not loading very quickly. Oh, no. Well, if you're looking for something to listen to after you listen to this, I Alabama Shakes are great. 2015. Oh, okay. So a little bit more recently, yeah. but like barely. But she put out the Thunder Bitch album after that. Yes. So I... But that's, but that's like with a different... Because this is her first debut solo album, right? Right. That's how it was like built on Spotify and Jump. Yes. And like on Google. So what? That was like a different project, I guess. And yes. then this is just her solo album debut. Yes, she's like a really good soulish singer. Soulish, soulish, That's, jazzish, R and B ish, all all wrapped into one. She's amazing. So we thought we'd review her new album. Yes, let's do it. What did you think overall? I said it's very different. Yeah, and it blends a lot of elements and genres, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes the direction she was going in with uh, that they were going towards in sound and color, and then goes like fifty miles ahead of that. Yeah, it's like it's super in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Galafnar. What are your opening? Uh? Um. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I liked it. Um. Just different enough to be interesting, but not so different that it felt like it wasn't accessible or enjoyable to me. Uh, overall, pretty good. Uh, had a good time listening to it. Yeah. It's uh, 11 songs in 35 minutes, which I wrote down because we usually end up discussing how the albums are too long, and this is great. It's nice and tight. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, what things did you like about it? Um, I think it has a very unique sound to it. Yeah. Um, she blends a lot of like uh like hip hop elements into it like there's a lot of lo-fi kind of drums and like keys yeah um and uh where where did I where did I I just lost my place oh it sort of blends a lot of like blues and soul and hip hop in like a really unique way that I don't think has been done before it's usually like hip hop blending in those other things and not like soul blending in like blues and hip hop. Yeah. Of, if that makes sense. I think so. I'm I'm sure it's been done and I'm just not hip to it. Um I love her voice so much. Mm-hmm. Uh she's a fantastic singer. Um so much range too. She can do so many different things. Right. She th- sing so many different ways. Yeah. And I I really like this is um 
I think the production is really good. Like, even though there's some lo-fi stuff on there, mm-hmm. um, it sounds great. It doesn't sound too clean, but it doesn't sound, like, sloppy either. Um, and I love the bass sounds, and I looked it up, and it's, it's the bass player from Alabama Shakes. Okay. Because I was like, that sounds exactly like the bass <laughs> on Sound and Color, because it's the same guy. Um, so there that made is. me happy, because I like him a lot. Zach Cockrell is his name. Zach Cockrell. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's what I liked. Neat. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I wrote down, I don't know if this, like, stayed throughout the whole thing, but at least the first song I knew, I was like, this is like a Stevie Wonder kind of jam. Like, I don't Mm. know, it reminded me of it. Um, I like that it sort of had almost a live sound to, like, some of the songs. Like, I, I don't know if it was just, like, the room where they recorded it, or if that was, like, effects, or if that was, you know, production or whatever. But a lot of the songs, especially the more ballady ones, sounded mm-hmm. very, like, raw and live. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was live whenever they recorded it, but, like, on the song, on the track, it ended up sounding like it was, like, a live recording. So I think that was kind of cool. Um, very laid back, very, like, chill, jazz, still a little bit funky. I just liked, the sound was interesting and sort of different, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, even sort of a different new side to her voice came out in a lot of those songs, mm-hmm. too. I don't know how exactly how to explain it. It's a, it's a lot softer at times than it ever was mm. on Alabama Shakes, even though they had some songs that were more like this. She definitely leaned towards the softer side on this one. I think that was really nice. Um, super simple lyrically in a lot of ways, but I thought still good. And in some of the songs, very obviously personal, so that was, mm-hmm. like, interesting. And if I had to pick a favorite, I actually went with 13th century metal because actually it was a lot more Alabama shakesy probably than the rest yeah. of them. It was a little more upbeat, a little more rock and roll, a little bit more like alternative. Yeah, I but I really was into that song. I also really liked um it was the second song, it was like He Loves Me. Yeah. Um that was more of a slow, more sparse arrangement, and I really liked it too, and it was really short and cute. So uh what grievances have you to air? I got a few. Um, hey, that's my line. <laughs> I know. I just I love when you say that. So, um, I there's lots of interesting sort of sounds and sort of sonic spaces, but I think that in exploring those spaces, she's lost the songs a little bit. Yeah. Um, like the Alabama Shakes and the Thunder Bitch stuff, there's sort of a more traditional sound, but the songs are great. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need anything experimental, because the songs sort of speak for themselves. Yeah. And I think she lost a little bit of that with this. Like, mm-hmm. there's some really cool sounds. The 13th century metal one is, like, has that really weird keyboard thing. Yeah. And it's very swishy drums. It's a very cool kind of sonic space, but it, it doesn't hold up as, like, you can't dance to it. Like, no. It's, yeah. You know, it's... Um, so it it has kind of different vibe. Um, I I was a little disappointed in the lack of just banging guitar riffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because she plays. Yeah, like she plays it. Yeah, there's four, like, there's only four people that played on this whole album. Oh really? Yeah, it's her on guitar and vocals, drums, keys, bass. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but there was no... The guitar was very... I wouldn't have even known, honestly, that there was guitar on it. Right. I didn't realize. Yeah. And it's like, I... 
I guess I'm probably a little bit skewed because I love Alabama shakes. Yeah. I love Alabama shakes. And kind of what I didn't like about Thunder Bitch and what I don't really like about this is it kind of... Like, she's trying to very purposefully not do that. Yeah. But it's like, that's that's why I like you, because you did the thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a difference between pushing your music forward and taking a left turn and doing something totally different. Right. And I think for some artists that works. Uh-huh. Like, the, the first um, uh, Boys and Girls album to Sound and Color, I think, is a very pretty giant leap forward mm-hmm. as far as their sound, but it's still in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Whereas this is sort of like kind of a totally different thing. Yeah. Like if I didn't know she was in Alabama Shakes, I wouldn't assume that it's the same person. That kind of thing. Maybe, yeah. Um, there, was, there was definitely like less just grooves and I didn't, it just didn't draw me in that much. Um, like, I found it very easy to kind of check out and do other things. Um, and I don't feel like it really goes anywhere. Like, it... Yeah. It's just... It's nice. Like, I... I don't want to say this as an insult, but it's sort of an insult. It's very nice background music. Yeah. Like, I want in-your-face screaming Alabama shakes and I got wallpaper. Yeah. Um, which was... I was kind of disappointed yeah. I guess. Yeah, I get you. Uh, do you have any grievances of which to air? Yeah, I got a few. Um, yeah, I think I pretty much agree with everything you're saying. Um, it's a little sparse, like, instrumentally and, like, melodically, than more so than I usually go for. Um, yeah, I was missing, like, her, her like, belting voice and her, like... Yeah. Because she's so, like, powerful and like, the Alabama Shake stuff, and, like, I was hoping this would have both. And... You know, I guess that was just a choice. She went with, like, the softer lo-fi mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah, I was I was kind of missing the other stuff, too. And uh, I felt like I was really into the first maybe two or three songs. And then, much like What's New Pussycat, it had a dip in the middle. <laughs> uh, the middle, like, four or five songs. I'm just going to let you laugh it out. I'm a genius. <sighs> And a comedic, uh, I have perfect comedic timing with other people's jokes. Um, the middle four, four or so songs were kind of like a blended all together to me a little bit. I still like them. I didn't dislike them, but they just didn't have much grabbing my attention, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I then I yeah. felt like at the end, it started doing some like different unexpected things towards the last four Four or so songs. Yeah, I don't um, like. I I might have come off. I don't. There's not a bad song. No, on I don't this think album. so. I actually, I really enjoyed the one. It must have been like an um, uh, Martin Luther King speech. It had to have been. It was like brothers and sisters, and yeah. you know, raise each other up and all this. Um, I don't know exactly what it was, and I didn't look it up. But it's like I was sitting there and I was like, this sounds like a Martin Luther King mm. speech. And it was just like that over music. It was like almost a hip hop spoken word of her, of her like reciting this like. Well, that's the thing. Thir- 13th century metal one. Was that it? it? No, I, I thought that so. was a different something. Maybe I'm just oh. forgetting. Maybe I'm mixing them up in my head now. Oh. Well, uh, no. No, that was it. That was it, wasn't it? 
I'm getting myself confused. I just anyway, know that's the one that starts out with. Anyway, that song was like weird, and that's why I liked it. Yeah. And those couple in the middle were just sort of like there. They were nice, but they were just there, and they weren't that weird. And so maybe that's why I just kind of like. I think the middle was a little bit of like a, like a just a droopy middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the beginning and the end, I thought were the best. Yeah. Lost me a little in the middle. Eyeball is itchy. Um, that's about it. So what kind of rating? Um, I said overall rating, it's fine. Uh, it's good to hear new music from her, and I think at yeah. this point, like, she could put out anything, and I'm gonna at least listen to it. She's just too good, like, herself to, like, dislike it. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, it would have to be, like, Yoko Ono screaming for me to not <laughs> like it, and even then, like, if it's yeah. her, I'd... I mean, she's just one of those singers that's, like, the Big Mama Thornton, Ella Fitzgerald, force of nature yeah. voices. That, uh, the sound she makes in the beginning of Don't Want to Fight, like, <laughs> haunts my dreams. It's so good. That I, sound that no one else in the world can make, that, like, screeching yeah. thing she does. It sounds, like, that makes it sound like it's terrible, but it's the coolest thing I've ever heard anybody do with a voice. Oh, yeah. It's like an instrument. I was, she's I was literally it. going to say, like, listen to this album and then just listen to Don't Want to Fight. Yeah. Don't Want to Fight on its own is better than this whole album is. That's fair. Yeah. I would agree with that. Don't want to fight is like a triumph of music. I, it's so good. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. It wasn't terribly engaging. Uh, I wish it was more in the Alabama Shakes camp. Um, I said like seven. I said like seven or eight. Like yeah. I just I think it's really good, even if it's not like the most exciting thing I've ever listened to. But yeah. I can't. I it was like I had to sort of think of bad things to say about or think of criticisms. Yeah. Because some of it, it just, like, it didn't sway me either way. So, but, I don't know, I guess I say that in a good way because I liked all of it. Even if it wasn't, like, jumping out of my seat excitement. I, yeah, I I liked it. I just, it doesn't, I don't want to listen to it again all the time. I might, but yeah. I mean, alright, so, again, I don't, I'm skewed in my opinions. Sound and Color is one of my favorite albums. It's so good. It's it's the only album I've listened to top to bottom when it came out. Yeah. I listened to it start to finish. And then I listened to it like when it when it ended, I went back to the top and I listened to it start to finish again. Yeah. The first two songs alone are blew my mind entirely. Yeah. And I I wish there was more of that and there's just not. Right. Uh would we recommend it? I'd recommend a listen if you I, like if you like soul or lo-fi. I would I would or R&B even. Yeah. I would listen to it and then I would go listen to Alabama Shakes. Yeah. Is what I would do. That's our recommendation. I'm not saying that's what you got to do. That's what I'm saying that I would do. Review? Review. Good. Good. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, let me make sure we're uh, I had this I had this brief moment of panic like we had stopped recording. <laughs> We would just have to give up. Like I'm, I can't. I could not do that again. That's fine. I could not make that John Mulaney joke again. <laughs> I absolutely could not replicate that uh, in any way, shape, or form. So now that we're towards the end of the podcast, it's time for game time. Game time, time. Yes. Uh, good. 
Today, for game time, we're going to bring just back... Not having I that I just don't know how all. to respond and transition. I'm just trying to transition, man. Okay, Matt. Oh. You do you. Okie dokie. Um, we're bringing back an old favorite. We haven't done one of these in a hot second. We're going to do a recast. The recast game is here. In a minute. <laughs> in a minute. Uh, that's just a joke for me. Uh, okay, so the recast game is where we... Take a, a established, beloved, whatever movie, and we ruin it by recasting it with new actors. Like Disney does. Like Disney does. Uh, like this movie, I'm surprised they haven't yet. Uh, I always forget that this movie is older than me. Is that weird? It seems like it came out in, like, 2000. And maybe that's just Hot Topic's fault? <laughs> I think that's just Hot Topic's fault. I, I um, guess so. Because when I think of it, you think of Hot Topic hoodies. But... I love it anyway, and uh, to stop beating around the bush, we thought we'd pick something a little bit Halloween-y inspired, because we don't always end up with, like, themed episodes around timely things, but this time, I wanted to. We usually just forget, and then we're we're like, oh, Christmas is tomorrow. Well, it's like, because we're thinking about this past week for what we're going to talk about, and we're not thinking about when it's coming out in, like, the week ahead when people are going to listen to it. I think that's the issue. Only 109 episodes in, we're on the ball, at least for the game. Yo! We did, like, a lot of Christmas stuff, I think, This Britney Howard album came out, like, three months ago. It was that long ago? I don't know. At least a month ago. Anyway, we're doing The Nightmare Before Christmas. Everyone's favorite, um... What's his face? His name just escaped me. The Creepy Man. Nobody tell her. Uh, oh no. He's spoopy and he puts stripes on everything and he divorced Helena Bonham Carter. Tim Burton. <laughs> good, you did it. Tim Burton. That was good word association. So, we didn't talk about this and we probably should have, but in my brain, the recast is for like a CGI version of this that would absolutely just ruin the whole thing. Other than like the voice acting. I? Because the whole thing about it is it's the the claymation stop motion, and it's so good. It's, it's so stylized and good. Go ahead. I always think about when we do animated stuff. Yeah. I said that really weird. Animated. I said Animated. Like, animated. Animated stuff. Um. <laughs> Sound like a 1960s Disney Imagineer. We're going to make an animated picture. Motion picture capture. Um, you need to put that away. It keeps buzzing I, I right know, in our ears. We'll I, put it on the floor. People want things Put it on the floor so we don't hear it no more. <laughs> Put it. Ugh. Thank you. Well, you didn't have to do that. Um, what I what I always think about when we do animated things is is sort of I try to do it a little bit double. Like if they're going to re like if they were literally dubbing the existing movie or remaking yeah. like remaking it as an animated movie, who would have a good voice? Yeah. Or if they were going to do, like, a live action. Could they play it? Could they play that yeah. character? Yeah, so yeah. I always try to go for a little bit. Like in the middle? A little bit in the middle, I yeah. think mine sort of does the same thing. I wasn't, in my brain I was thinking maybe, like, a, one of those, like, too realistic CGI's, like the Cats movie is going to be. But maybe less creepy than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, the faces are, like, somebody's face, but it's, like, sort of CGI-ish. Right. Because, like, the thing about... The Nightmare Before Christmas is like the character designs and everything are so stylized that you couldn't you could not make a live action Jack Skellington. I don't care what you do. Like there'd have to be a Didn't lot they of do effects. a musical though, like a stage. Yeah, I don't. If they did, I don't know about no, it. I, I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I, they did the Lion King. 
Broadway. I saw well, it. Yeah. Um, or like Beauty and the Beast and stuff. Like they have creative ways of figuring stuff out, and maybe they would be able to, but I just don't think it. It definitely wouldn't be the same. Right. Like the the cool thing about it is that like the characters are so weird and interesting, and that the story is like. You know, and the settings and everything, like just the style of it right. is is the whole movie. Is the style? It's not even that much about the story. It's the style right. and like the music, even. Yeah. So it's 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 basically like if Tim Burton was going to do it, like he did the Wizard, uh, not the Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or no, Tim Burton Wizard of Oz though. Oh, that'd be the Wizard of Oz is creepy. I was going like, to say when that you would think be about terrifying. It. And like the source book is creepier than like the movie they made. You know. Oh yeah. Like. I just I've heard I want it. Helena Bonham Carter as the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh man, I just want that. That'd be so good. I mean, she has to be in it if it's a Tim Burton of movie, even though they're divorced. That must it's, be. It weird. makes me so sad. Is that weird? Is that weird for them? If I get one question to ask Tim Burton, is that weird if, for if you? Keep working with Helena. <laughs> they're probably chill. They're probably really cool. Um, anywho, so we're gonna go through. We have a list of most of the main characters. And we've both picked somebody to recast as them in this new theoretical version of the movie. And we're going to argue until we figure out who picked the better ones. And we'll see whose uh, list has the most picks at the end for our master cast. Yes. Um, this is one of my favorite games. And I wish we could do it more often. But we've kind of run out of movies that we both know. It's really hard, too. It's, and I had to like do pretty extensive research on this one. Because it's been a minute since I've seen this. I just I wanted to do this so bad. And I thought like it was one of the halloween movies we have both actually seen. Right. And, like, we don't do spoopies. And who even cares who plays people in the spoopy movies? Because most of the time that doesn't matter. It's just about the spoops. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah. So I thought this was going to be good. And I am happy with my list. And I'm also going to mention right now that we left off Lock, Shock, and Barrel because it's, it's three children and we don't know any of the children. So, like, <laughs> just get three children and you'll be fine. Yep. Um, so here we go. We ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're just going to go in order down our list here. So, of course, we have to start with uh, the protagonist. Who's, who's going to play Jack Skellington? The Pumpkin King. John Mulaney. Mm. <laughs> All right, I should... He is shaped as close to Jack Skellington as any <laughs> human. Look at that high-waisted man. No, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Um, tell me more. I feel really terrible about all of my choices. <laughs> um, I just thought it would be funny. And I think... It would be funny. Like, him in that kind of, like, overly kind of campy ghoulishness, I think would be really entertaining. Yeah. And, like, Jack is, like, he's known as being the scariest person in town, but he's always also, like, the friendliest person in town. Yeah. Because, like, to them, like, that's just, being scary is just part of it. Right. Like, that's just what they do, but, like, he's so, like, hello, everyone, oh, what are we gonna do today? Like, yeah. interesting. Um, it has to be Brendan Urie from Panic! at the Disco. It has to be, and this is the, it's just, it has to. Uh, us emos have been waiting. Uh, <laughs> the thing is that he has the perfect singing voice to be Jack, and I just, like, if it hadn't been made in 1993. So the thing is, the guy that voiced him didn't do the singing. The guy that voiced him is, um, he's the prince in The Princess Bride. No, nope, it's uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman did his singing voice. His speaking voice is the guy from The Princess Bride. Danny Elfman write all the music? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, or at least most of it. It's, I think he did all of it. 
Uh, he did Jack's singing voice. Uh, but Brendan Urie could do both and would be A-plus at it. I I had not fully considered the singing aspect. Uh, now, they... Uh, you know, they could still dub right, people. Yeah. It's not like John Mulaney would have to sing. Right. He's actually decent at singing. Yeah. Um, but. No, I think that would be fun. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that point. Thank you, us emos rejoice. I, I felt really around. bad about that one. I feel better about some of the other ones. I mean, I th- it's a funny idea. It's fun to picture. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's interesting. Just, like, still in his blue suit. But he does kind of have to get dark and broody in parts of it, and maybe you just don't remember. But he does get yeah. sort of like, he's got both. And I, I, it is hard for me to picture John Mulaney as being like, what does my life mean in a, oh, seri- yeah. in a serious way? I guess so. You know what I mean? He would be like, ah, what is my life? Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, I still, I love it. I like the idea. So next we're going to do Sally. And Sally is uh, Jack's love interest. And she's sort of like the straight man trying to like, talk all of the Halloween people out of doing Christmas stuff because she's like, this isn't our thing. This is a bad idea. This is going to end bad. And no one listens to her, and that's why everything goes bad. So who should play Sally? Um, it's my girl, Nat Portman. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I said Anna Kendrick. She has the perfect voice for Sally's song. Um, I also, but I do like yours. I don't know if Anna Kendrick can be that melancholy. Because she's, like, kind of sad, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So can Anna Kendrick just sing the song? Sure. But I get the point. <laughs> you can have the point. All right. Do, will you say just, like, a little bit more about why you picked her? Um, it's, like, because she's very sweet. But she's also, like, trapped by the dude. Uh, the duck man. Just to keep, yeah, escaping. Yeah. Um, and she also is like that kind of voice of reason. And she's like, oh, the bad idea. It's basically, that's pretty much just Princess uh, uh, Queen Amidala, kind of. Yeah. It's sort of the same. There's a lot of like the, hey, maybe don't go to war. And they're like, it's the <laughs> it's the emperor. Yeah, it's the same um, character. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, but it's, oh, I don't know. I just thought she would be good. Yeah. I don't have I much. Uh, I don't have much uh, thought. I was just like, who would be good at that? And then I just pick somebody. I like it. I, right. I vote that Anna Kendrick gets to sing it. That's fine. Um, cool. Next, we put down Oogie Boogie, the main antagonist of the movie. He's like the boogeyman, but he's like shunned from the rest of Halloween Town because he's too bad, even for them. He's too mean and too scary and. And uh, evil. And they don't like him because the, their whole thing is, it's in the song. They're like, uh, uh, we like to scare you, but we're not mean. And he's mean. So that's why they yeah. don't like him. Um, he's a, uh, a bag full of bugs. Spoiler alert. And uh, he likes gambling. And he tries to murder Santa. So uh, who should play Oogie Boogie? Uh, Willem Dafoe. See, that's good stuff. I said John Goodman. For the purpose of, you'd usually expect him to play Santa. And I think it'd be really cool that he's, like, an anti-Santa. Mm. See, this is... I... And, like, he can be creepy. He's been in some of those, like, creepy movies. Yeah. Or at least recently. He was in that one where he, like, kidnapped somebody or something. I don't know. Whatever it was called. That's... That's really good. Because Willem Dafoe is sort of, like, a quiet creepy. And 
Oogie Boogie is like loud and flamboyant and yeah. like in your face about just being evil. Yeah. I like too that he goes from like um he'll go from like really angry to like very and now we're talking and yeah. now I'm going to kill you. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I thought John Goodman would I, be Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's good. I thought that would be fun. Um, okay, so this next one, we thought we would do something fun and interesting. Uh, the mayor is a somewhat main character of, uh, of the movie, the mayor of Halloween Town, I guess. I think that's what they call it, Halloween Town. Um, because that's a different movie, so, like, don't get it confused with the DCOM. But anyway, uh, the mayor's whole shtick is that the mayor has two faces, and when he's happy, he has one face, and then his head spins around to his, like, upset face when he is scared or angry or nervous or whatever. Um, and we thought it would be cool if two people, two different people played each face because it seems like if they were going to redo it, they would do something cool like that. Yeah. Um, and maybe they would do one of those things where, like, you know, if it's two people with two different voices, they'd kind of, like, merge them together in that weird demonic way, but, like, one person would, like, mainly play one face and right. one person would, like, say the other or something like that. That's kind of how I pictured it anyway. Um, so who would play the mayor's two faces? I wound up with a couple standbys. This is, uh, all of my, uh, my shoe-ins made it in this one. Okay. Um, so I said, Happy Mayor is, uh, Adrian Brody. Yes. Because he's, he's very much the politician. Yeah. Who is happy to be here and, uh, you know, he's, he has that kind of, like, political thing. And yeah. then I said, the nervous, uh, freaking out, angry mayor is, uh, Jim Carrey. Oh, man, that's so good. Oh, dang. I like the Jim Carrey a lot. Yeah. That's really good. Um, good. I went with a different pair, and I said that the happy face should be Melissa McCarthy, and the scared face should be Sandra Bullock, because I like them together, and I think that would be fun. I Oh, Jim Carrey might win it, though. I like Melissa McCarthy as the happy face. Yeah. I like. Because she she is very much that kind of, like... Like, put on a show kind of person. Right. Like, hello! Like, yeah, yeah we're doing great. Kissing babies and, yeah. and you know, signing, uh, shaking hands and that yeah. kind of stuff. Sandra Bullock. I don't... Sandra Bullock is always a little bit too cool. And I think, mm. like, she would be angry... But she wouldn't be like uh, nervous. Yeah, that's probably a good point. She just she usually is like a very uptight kind of lady. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you you've made your point. I think you can have it. Okay, I get both the points then, or is that just one point? Oh, um. I I listed it as two. Well, but... we're not gonna give one. We weren't gonna ever give like. Me one and you one. If we okay, if you liked my happy, well, I'll just I'll take one point then. Yeah, I think I'll just cross out number five. So it's just one point for getting the pair. Yes, one point for the pair because our pairs were meant to be together, not. I wasn't super thrilled about Adrian Brody, but I like Jim Carrey. Yeah, I think that's you won me over because Adrian Brody could be somebody else. I just whatever face it is on the front, I just wanted spinning around and Jim Carrey's just like like "Ah!" on the other side. Yeah, that's that's too good. You can have that one. Okay. Okay, um, the next character is Santa Claus. Uh, the Santa Claus in this movie is a little bit different than he's usually portrayed. It's almost as if, like, 
the jolliness is like a character that he puts on because when he talks to Jack, he's like mad about it. And he's like, listen, I got too much going on. Like, I don't have time to deal with you right now. I'm stressed. Like, I'm mad and I don't want to do this. And he's like super serious. But then it's like he'll turn around and be like, "Oh, children! Like yeah. now, I got to put it on." So it's almost like it's it's he's playing the Santa character, mm-hmm. but underneath he's like a different, yeah, person. He's just kind of like a like a grumpy old guy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd you go with? I'm actually pretty happy about this one. Okay, I feel good about it. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Oh man, that's really good. Because he's like, yeah, he's the like. Oh man. I don't have time for this. Yeah. I, 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 like, flipped through the movie a little bit just to find oh, okay. some characters. Yeah. And the one he's, like, it, the, when, it, when Santa, like, leaves, he's, like, do you think there's still time? And he goes, what, to save Christmas? Of course there is. I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. And then he, like, poof, off in the... Yeah. And I was, like, that's that's so Alec Baldwin. Because then he turns around and he's, like, hey, kids. And it, like, shut up. I don't have time. You know, he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can be that kind of... It's the same sort of, like, politician-y sort of thing that yeah. he's, like, really good at. He's nice and happy up front, and then he's just, like, angry, like, immediately mm. later. I'm so mad. That's so good. Uh, I said Forrest Whitaker. Because I was just trying to Forrest think of, Whitaker's like, a weird good. old man. I You got it. All you right. can have it. See, I don't think Forrest Whitaker has that intense side. He's always, like... Yeah? He's always a little teddy bearish to me. You think? Yeah. I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff, but he's always that kind of... Like a softer old man? Yeah, he's sort of the voice of reason kind of character, usually. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you got me there. All right. Um, I feel... See, this is the one that I told you about before we started. The next one... Our next character is the last one. And I'm scared that you don't know who this is, and he's perfect. So if I have to pause the podcast to make you watch a video of this man, I will. <laughs> okay. Okay, so our last character is Dr. Finkelstein, who is the mad scientist, duck-faced man uh, who's, whose head flips open with a hinge with his brain in it uh, that created Sally and makes the reindeer out of skeletons for Jack. And he's just like a creepy old man that basically made Sally just to like be his slave. And Mad uh, scientist, dude. Yeah. And he makes himself a girlfriend at the end that looks exactly like him. Uh, so he's just super creepy. A super creepy old man. And uh, who'd you put? I said Mark Hamill. Oh, man. That's really good, too. Shoot. <laughs> that's just pretty good. basically, like, doing the Joker. Yeah. But it's just Mark Hamill. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he's so good at being creepy. Yeah. He's so good at creepy voice. Dang, that's good. Um, I went with Jim Broadbent. And he exclusively plays creepy old neurotic men. Um, he plays Professor Slughorn in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And he's also the, like, ringleader-y guy. Oh, no. Um, like, theater owner guy in Moulin Rouge. I've not seen either of those. Oh, uh, he's just... He's, we gotta watch that movie, his though. His voice... Yes, we do. You absolutely have to see that. It's a musical, but it's Ewan McGregor, and you... I promise that you will like it. Well, because like police It's like songs. rock songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watch Ewan McGregor in anything. You would like it. Except for that new Shining movie. But that's... And I, that looks too scary. Um, <laughs> you would definitely like it. It's... His voice has, like, the right kind of, like... Just, like, weird old man. Like, that's just what he sounds like all the time. His voice is perfect, and he just kind of has, like, a creepy old man face. No offense, Jim. Uh, But he'd be great 
I can we pause it real quick so I can just show you him real quick so you can have some context before we probably decide that you win. Okay. Because Three, I two. really like yours. Three, two, one. Oh no no. All right, we've watched. Uh, we've had some source material. I showed him some Harry Potter. I as soon as he walked in, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy," and that's yeah, like super good. He's been in like some other stuff. I just am not familiar with right. as much. Um. Yeah. So I think they're both. We're both seeing the same thing in the people that we picked. Yeah. Um. So this one's tough. This one is tough. I'm also winning. Which I never thought was going to happen. I with know, this. but like you, you did. You picked really good. I ones. I felt terrible about this. I don't even know this movie that well. Um, the ones that I got points for, I was like the most happy with. I, I mean, yeah, they're both really good ones. Um, man, I this one's hard. I really truly do like both. Yeah, both picks. Um, trying to think of how we can decide. I was going to say, your guy doesn't seem as evil. Yeah, I think probably Mark Hamill could play was, it either. Mark is crazier and more evil. So yeah. you have to, is it is that character more that direction? Yeah. Or is he just more like mad scientist? I think he's evil and creepy, and I think if they did it again, they should make him eviler and creepier. Yeah. Because, like, it's it's almost played, not necessarily for laughs, but it's, like, a little bit more lighthearted about how he literally, like, doesn't let Sally leave the house mm-hmm. and, like... You know, threatens to like because she's just sewn together. He's like, "I'm going to take you apart and like and yeah. just kill you if you keep running away." Yeah. So I'm so sad, but I think I have to give it to you. Yeah. No, I've never been more angry. It's Rah! so funny to me that Mark Hamill, like, I mean, he's in Star Wars. He plays the hero in Star Wars, obviously. Uh huh. He's such a sweet goofball. He's the nicest person probably in Hollywood. He's just like, it's like that cool neighbor you have <laughs> that's like always outside like cooking hamburgers. Like that's what I imagine Mark Hamill is like. Yeah. And he's like, howdy neighbor. Like he's that guy. But he always plays like these crazy evil dudes in yeah. shows and stuff. Like yeah. he always plays the bad guy. He just gets so into it somehow. Yeah. He just sells it. Yeah. And he's got such a good voice. I just, I just saw something with him that he was doing voice acting, like, in the 70s. Like, I thought that was, like, a later thing that he got into. Oh, like, he right away kind of Like, he, he, like, always wanted to do that. That's so cool. That's, well, like, one of my favorite jobs ever. Like, I love voice actors. Yeah, I think that's so cool. He's, he's also been in everything. Yeah. Uh, point A was that I was watching Avatar, like, three nights ago, mm-hmm. and that went, is that Mark Hamill? And I went, oh, my God, how did I not notice <laughs> yet? And it was. It, he is, yes. It, and it, he, he was also a Captain, guy. Captain Sticky Beard. Yeah, um, that's code a good one. <laughs> Codename Kids Next Door. Um, he's the, uh, you know, in Adventure Time when it, and the, the ghoul comes out of his yeah. belly button, that's Mark Hamill. The, like, ocean yeah. ghost fear guy. Yep. Oh, he's so good. Well, in, wow. a, in a shocking upset, uh, I've won... Recast four to two. I've ruined my reputation. I've I've shamed all of Hot Topic. I I was like I never win the games on this on this show. You always say that, but you sometimes win. <laughs> I very seldomly win the I games, don't know if that's and true. I was especially not planning to win this one. <gasps> so uh, dang, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. So. uh... So we've done it. The other thing that you can do is uh, we'll put up a poll around about Friday or so, 
and you can vote for whose list you liked better, mine or Matt's. Uh, maybe I'll win the popular vote and it'll console me. On the Twitter. On the Twitter. And uh, you, can, you can get involved that way. Another way you can get involved is that if you want to send us any questions or suggestions for the podcast, uh, we'll, we'll read them on air and we'll, we'll get them did for the most part if we're feeling it. Uh, questions for sure. Suggestions, we'll put them in the bank. They'll yeah. always be there. We um, read everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to say it like that. But um, <laughs> I was trying to say too many things at once, you see. But uh, it's, it's, if you want to get involved, you can get involved. Send us a message wherever you want. Uh, sleepingsituation at gmail.com or hit us up on your favorite social media platform. And I think that's going to do it for today. So thanks again for listening in. We hope you have a safe and happy Halloween. Uh, send us pics of your costumes, because, sure. And, uh, you know, or, or whatever. And we'll have a new episode for you uh, every Monday. Yep. Hit us up wherever podcasts are sold. Except for iTunes and Shout Engine and our website are the only places where where we sell. <laughs> so maybe we'll work on expanding that a little bit. We should try to get on Spotify. We should try and get on Spotify. I don't know how Let's, to do that. I don't know how to do anything. All right. So we'll try. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we hope you had fun. Bye. Bye.